Hi. It's me again. Not her. Not your narrator. Me. Kristen. The writer. Remember me? No. Who would? Anyway. I'm not speaking to you this time because she won't. Last time she just wouldn't come out and talk to you. That's not the case now. Oh, she is so ready. So ready to talk to you. She wants to talk to you. All of the time. She feels that it's her duty, since she has some kind of ridiculous plan. She keeps talking about it anyway. Whether or not she does it is a completely different story. She's full of stories, I'm sure you know by now. But not much more. I don't mean to be hurtful towards her. I'm really not trying to be, it's just that sometimes I get tired of stories. Sometimes I want truth. I've barely left this apartment since I last spoke to you. Anyway, I'm talking to you today because I'm tired of stories and lies and artifice. I'm talking to you because I have the truth. I have to confess something to you, actually. I've had the truth for a long time, but I've been withholding it. Not because I didn't want to tell you, but because sometimes... We hide things from ourselves to help ourselves. So what is this truth? Let me tell it to you like this. Like a story. It is a story, it's just true. Once upon a time, you know that I was followed by a dark, magnificent, terrifying woman. You know what she looks like. You should know by now, anyway. She loves describing herself. She became my constant lurking companion. Ever present, ever smiling, always watching. She didn't leave me alone until I began to write about her. And then she disappeared. But that was okay. I didn't mind. I could write about her adventures anyway. I knew what they were, somehow. Somehow I knew what was going on with her. For example, one night I sat in my apartment, sometimes writing, sometimes staring at the ceiling, and I heard something. Low, rumbling, echoing all around me just for a split second. It was deep laughter. Though I should have been frozen in fear, I had to see from where it was coming. Not from inside the apartment. Small enough to see that there was no intruder inside, I knew it didn't come from inside. As I was on the twentieth floor, I was amazed to look over to the balcony and see a figure standing, looking in on me through the window. So tall he was. 
cloaked in black. White and ghastly, his teeth were all jagged, his eyes were black, his fingers long and alien. As I said, you know what he looked like, I think. But you don't really know, do you? If you haven't seen him, you don't know how terrible it is a thing to witness, and so difficult to look away from. With his long black nails, he tapped against the window. And he grinned such a horrible and lovely smile that I had to let him in. He didn't say anything to me. Not at first. He came over to me, and he opened his arms wide, inviting me. Oh, how I wish that I was a stronger person and could resist a beautiful and evil thing like this. But I'm not. You see, I'm just a girl in an empty tower. I've been trapped here for years, and I've been waiting for someone to come in and make me open the door. I'm not strong. I'm not good. I'm just... this. And so I walked to him, and I carefully placed myself into his embrace. Freezing cold ran through my entire body like lightning and I was aware that this should destroy me. It has destroyed much stronger people than I, this embrace. When this stranger and his companion touch anything living, they usually wither and die and feed these gorgeous leeches. I did not die. I think I grew strong. Maybe strong isn't the word. Maybe cold is simply the only word I can use. I grew cold and hard and a little bit emptier. Maybe I did die. Is that what death is? No, I don't think so. He whispered one phrase into my ear that I will never forget. He said, Every book is simply a little piece of its author. And he drew away from me, and he said one last thing before disappearing from the balcony into the night. You are the world. Reject nothing. And as he left, I watched the moon in the sky. Golden, full, and beautiful, I thought to myself, what a lovely night. A few evenings later, feeling lonely and powerless, I wanted to try something new. Freezing cold still shot through my veins, and I didn't know why. And I felt like I might want to punish that companion who came into my life and then left it as soon as she pleased. One time, I walked to a mirror. I stared into my own eyes. Brown, sad, unremarkable. Until after some time. How long? Minutes? Hours? It didn't matter. I saw something interesting. 
My eyes became blacker, larger. My teeth became sharper, all of them and crooked. My skin was not quite so. My face became more drawn, more pale, more sunken. My teeth were not pointed, none of them were. I watched my reflection become confused and afraid. I am the author. I whispered. And my reflection's mouth didn't move at all. You are my book. This was not me. I continued. She was somehow reaching out. Her eyes grew more and more afraid. You are mine. Wherever you are. She has very little power. And her eyes grew furious. And her fist raised itself to the glass. And she moved to strike it. Instead of the glass shattering, the person in the other side of my mirror simply disappeared. In fact, my reflection was gone. I smiled. I am the only me. I am the only author. And I turned and walked to my balcony where I saw a full moon again. Bigger, more bright. A bright orange, perhaps staring down at me. Full moon again, I thought. Very well. Several nights after that, I had a dream. I dreamt that I was standing in a strange room, one that I had never been to before, but it still seemed very familiar. It was one large room surrounded by windows, dark, Beautiful, opulent furnishings, several mirrors, candles that had been lit hours before but were now extinguished. And I observed a creature sleeping in some kind of strange, plain bed. It was her. My companion, my narrator. She lay asleep, though she could have been dead. Her eyes were closed. Her hands were at her sides, and she didn't move, not even to breathe. I stood and watched her, tilting my head, considering her. She opened her eyes, and I saw her see me. She tried to move, but I could tell that she couldn't. She couldn't lift her arms, couldn't raise her body, couldn't even turn her head. And I saw the panic set in. Oh, I know this feeling, being paralyzed and half asleep. This feeling that you are completely vulnerable, and someone is merely watching you. Are they real? Or are they only in your mind? It's terrible. I've suffered from this condition for a long, long time. It brought me no joy to watch her endure this. But it brought me a little comfort to realize she'd experienced it too. I watched her for perhaps an hour. I remembered her watching me from the shadows in my own home when I was unable to move. But this was my home, wasn't it? Was it? In my tower? With this woman who was, after all, not so much unlike me my poor little book. 
I turned and I looked at the windows surrounding the circular tower. It seemed as though there were more windows than I originally thought. And within each window there was a moon. A huge, full, red moon. Looking down on us. My narrator lying in bed managed to open her mouth and she let out a scream so loud and so frightening that I immediately woke up in my own bed, screaming that same scream. So, what is this truth I have to tell you? It's something that I think both she and I have known for a little while now. She's just in denial, much, much more than I am. That makes sense. I am the world. (laughs) I am the world. She exists within the world. But she is not the only thing. How difficult it is to realize that you are not the most powerful, most important thing just because you mean everything to your world. Very difficult. She must be suffering. She is. I can feel it. I feel her within me because she is me. Well, she is a part of me. This is truth, my friends. I thought she came first. Who knows when she first came? It doesn't really matter, that's the funny thing. We both have illusions of power and self-importance, she and I but I am at peace with my own illusions. After all, I look out now from my balcony, from which I can see a huge, full blood moon watching me right back. If life is a dream, I would rather be lucid. Wouldn't you? Good night, my loves. Thank you for listening to me again. Good night, my loves. Mustn't forget that I'm not quite done yet not even after my story is finished. So many things to say, but first I'll begin by saying again thank you so much for listening to me and joining me for episode 39 of On a Dark Cold Night. I have a few things to say this week. First off, a huge thank you to our very first supporter on Patreon. Badger has pledged $5 a month to helping out On a Dark Cold Night on Patreon. This means so much and is such a huge help. So thank you very much, Badger. Also, a huge thank you to Ashley, who recommended the show on Facebook, saying, I love this podcast. The narrator's voice draws you in and doesn't let go. Thank you so much, Ashley and Badger. If you want to help out too, please feel free to support the show through Patreon at patreon.com slash darkcoldnight, or on coffee at ko-fi.com slash darkcoldnight. Every little bit helps, and you can also help out by liking and recommending the page on Facebook, 
following me on Twitter at a dark cold night or Instagram at dark cold night podcast, or leaving us a review on iTunes, Stitcher, Podknife, or anywhere else you can review podcasts. I'll be sure to give you a sweet shout out here and online. You can also email any questions or thoughts to me at darkcoldnightpodcast at gmail.com. I think that's it for me today, my friends. Um, I think I've mentioned that it's been a busy, complicated time for me these days. I'm sorry I missed last week. I'm hoping to be more consistent this month, but if things are a little slower in October, uh, please go easy on me. I'll be back to normal for November most likely, so thanks so much for your patience and understanding. Take care, everyone.